It's Friday, August 2nd, 2013. Welcome to episode 16 of Insert Content Here. Insert Content Here. Words intentionally unclear. Insert Content Here. Hi, I'm Jeff Eaton, strategist at Lullabot and your host for Insert Content Here. Every couple of weeks, uh, I get together with a cool person from the world of uh, content management and content strategy, and uh, we talk about interesting things going on in the world of content. This week, got an old friend, Karen McGrain, back with us, and uh, we're going to be talking about editorial workflow. So, hello, welcome back. Hello, thanks for having me back. Always a pleasure. So, Editorial workflow feels like it, it covers so much ground. Um, it can be everything from bizarre, like UML diagram and, you know, a list of people who need to approve stuff to what do editors need to do before content gets published? What do you think falls under that umbrella usually? So I think for me, one of the nicest encapsulations of, of this problem was uh, our, our mutual client, the one we call HR Web, that asked about their new CMS. They said, so should we think of this as the, the, the tool that is going to help us manage our entire workflow? Or should we think of this as like the printing press? And I think that that tension is something that underlies so much of, of many of the problems that we see in this space. That we have what are essentially web publishing tools. They are, it is a technology that is designed almost entirely to get stuff on the internet. But because of the limitations of those tools, that they may be a little bit cumbersome to work with, or they may not have necessarily been designed with the author experience in mind, and because so much of web publishing or digital publishing is really new to organizations, those companies haven't ever really thought about, oh, hey, what should our editorial process be? There are just a lot of activities that are not thought about in a, in a very strategic process fashion. Uh, oh, wait, why are we doing this step and why is it painful? And should this be managed in the CMS or should it be managed outside of it? No one sits, I mean, the number of organizations that are working in a very ad hoc fashion without having thought those things through is pretty high. The worst case scenario is, you know, we've got a shared network drive and it's full of Excel and, and Microsoft Word files and everyone edits them. And then there's much regret when something accidentally gets deleted. One of the things that I thought was very interesting is in, in the Drupal world, especially, there's always been a really strong emphasis on, you know, you get everything into the CMS. Everything is geared towards getting users to compose their content inside of Drupal's editorial interface or, you know, on the, on the content creation screen or whatever. And like, I think we even presented about this, uh, like way, way back at DrupalCon Chicago. And, mm -hmm. and, and one of the things that I think you, you mentioned a couple of times was that workflow isn't a form. It's a whole set of processes. It's like all of the things that go into someone completing a task. And at the time, you know, I was thinking a lot about, you know, multiple step processes in the actual CMS. You know, well, you've got to 
build a piece of content. Maybe you have to upload supporting assets. You've got to connect it with other sections around on the site. You've got to preview it. You know, there, there's a whole suite of different things you have to do. Um, but there's also a lot of offline stuff. It's not really an easy fit for how the CMS works. Like we're working with a client right now that a, a real, you know, important part of their process was someone pitching a concept to an editor internally and the editor then assigning it to someone and like determining who was going to be on that story and, you know, working on, you know, assigned photo editors and who will ultimately be doing that and what are the deadlines. And suddenly like, it was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is an entire workflow tool for a newsroom, not just uh, you know, a content management system. And it raised a lot of important questions around, you know, is, is that even an appropriate direction to go? Is, is that stuff that is better served by everyone has a copy of instant messenger and they send email around and only at a certain point does things really enter the CMS? Yeah. I think a lot of this stuff, I hate, you know, I hate to say it, but it's probably kind of generational in that as the tools evolve and get better and as we attempt to use these tools to solve them, these problems, we will refine our solutions. And as people grow increasingly more comfortable with web interfaces to manage this kind of stuff, it will move from, oh, God, you want me to use this stupid website to do this, to, God, why don't you have just, why don't you have a web interface for that? I'm working with a client right now where one of the things that they have to manage is employee bios. I asked them, I'm like, so... I bet you get these bios from the organization in all kinds of formats. It's like people send you Word documents. They send you faxes. They say, I can't possibly type that into a machine. I'm going to call you on the phone and tell you what it should say. <laughs> Do you want to try to direct them to a web interface where they could go and type in their bio or manage their bio themselves? And that's the kind of question where I think right now, Many clients would very reasonably say, oh, no, like the last thing anybody wants in this organization is another login to another system, another interface that they're going to use once a year to manage content they don't care about. It's going to be harder to get them to do it or more to the point, we got to track them down and try to force them to give us their bio content regardless. So putting an extra hurdle in front of them to also be like, hey, why don't you log into Drupal and do that? It's not worth it. But I can see a point, I don't know when that's going to be, three years down the road, five years down the road, where people are so comfortable with managing their, you know, people are on Facebook, people, pe you know, there's a point where a generation of people who grew up with fax machines are not going to be insistent on still using the fax. And a generation of people who grew up managing their Facebook profiles are going to be like, why can't I just type this into a website? It's also a quality issue. Like there are very, very few web-based tools that I feel like I can be as productive in, especially in the early stages of creating yeah. content. Absolutely. Um, as I am with, you know, uh, a word processor or just a text editor sometimes. And... I think like medium.com, um, the experience of, of writing in it is super, super streamlined. And I feel like it's equivalent to the, the smoothness of me just popping open a text editor and writing. But it's also very geared towards very, very stripped down kinds of content. You know, you literally have, you know, bold underline italics and links 
and you can put in a picture, and it styles the picture for you. You don't get to choose how the picture looks. You don't get to choose how big it is or anything like that. And then you've got tools like, I think, Editorially is one yep. of the ones that I take, that, that I was just taking a look at, that it's way more geared towards, um, revisions and, you know, the feedback process from editors and, you know, and reviewers. It feels like there are a lot of teams that are still in the early process of figuring out what good kinds of experiences for these editorial processes are for something more rigorous than just, you know, my profile or, you know, a, a post on, on my blog or something like that. It's it's a lot of tricky problems. And I don't know how, how many good generic solutions there are. Yeah, I, I'm fond of saying that you will pry Microsoft Word out of people's cold dead hands. <laughs> and I get why we as as people who work in the CMS space just you know, would desperately like to say, hey, quit using Word documents. It's a pain in the ass. Like, move things into the CMS sooner and manage your workflow and version control and track changes and handle all of that, that production workflow in one tool. But we're not going to get there until the CMS is there. And frankly, the, I don't, I don't know that anybody looks at the current state of how that happens today and says that the, the user experience, the author experience of managing that workflow is good enough to replace Microsoft Word. And that's saying a lot because Microsoft Word can be pretty crappy. <laughs> well, I, I think one of the tif- difficulties too is that a lot of people have ad hoc workflow. Yeah. That, that has sort of evolved inside of an organization. So it's not simply a matter of we have a bunch of Word files. It's also the idea that, oh, well, we know that the Word file goes in this folder and every Friday we check there. And then, you know, we know the two people to email or phone to ask, you know, for a thumbs up on it. And, you know, Bob always knows to put his initials at the end of the document once everything is signed off. And from then on, we can put it into the CMS. I mean, you can say that's terrible. That's, you know, that, that, that's just begging for problems in, in, in terms of workflow, but it's also extremely flexible and it can evolve way easier than, um, something that's been codified in actual software. Yeah. I know a lot of organizations of every stripe and color that, have a very manual, physical, print-based review and approval process. Like, they print something out and they put it in a folder and they walk that folder around from desk to desk or organization to organization. And That's hardcore. It's, you know, and, and it's, it's I, I, I can think of three off the top of my head that talk about their manual routing processes for things or their, their what they print out and how that, how the solidity of that and, and, but also the flexibility of that. It's like, it's a physical object. You are aware, you know, you can kind of visually see who's seen it and who hasn't. It can be very flexible. So it doesn't always have to go in the same order every time, but, you know, someone has to maintain it. And that's the kind of thing where it's not that I don't think that that could be replicated in a digital tool. In fact, I'm confident one day it will be. But, you know, it, it's like one day when we try to get people to use a digital tool, everybody's going to have to learn it. And it's going to be cumbersome and confusing and things are going to fall through the cracks and people aren't going to like it. Everybody knows how that folder works. It doesn't take much. It's a literal physical object. If you have mm-hmm. possession of it, it is your responsibility. No, yep. 
the questions we ended up going through with this um, this news client that we're working with right now, the one that wanted to at least try getting as much as possible into the CMS, what really helped was starting off with a couple of core principles. Like it, it has to be able to handle the absolute simplest case of, you know, uh, a reporter comes in with a story, they write it up, they publish it, you know, 15-minute turnaround, and it, it gets the thumbs up from an editor, and it's live. But then it also had to be able to handle a couple of weeks of rounds of revisions for a piece that wasn't as time-sensitive and was maybe going to get additional time for supporting, you know, photos and video assets to be assembled and stuff like that. I mean, it, it was very interesting, but it did help rule out a lot of technically useful and interesting features that we might have been tempted to put in um, that only really would have worked with one or one of those extreme situations. I think one of the challenges that I see for web teams that are using a CMS and defining for themselves how how are what what are, what are all the types of things that we put on the web they may not for their own perspective have ever ever done the the activity that you're just describing of sitting down and saying okay what's the difference between something that has a short quick turnaround and needs a lower level of review and approval versus something that is obviously a longer term more complex engagement like you know, a major overhaul of an entire section or building an entire new product line out. And then what about the stuff in the middle? The stuff that's like, it's not fixing a typo and it's not building an entire new microsite or section of the site, but it changes that may require some back and forth between our design team, our development team, our content team, and whoever our client stakeholders are. I think understanding what those needs are in terms of what your offline process is, review process and you know what types of team members get involved and how they collaborate and then what's different for those types of projects in the CMS. So you maybe have different approval workflows, you maybe have different even different roles and permissions attached to people who manage those types of projects. So I've worked with a couple of clients that say they've defined the smaller things, like I think the simpler types of projects that you were defining. And, you know, for these clients, it was, if it's a basic update that doesn't have to go through legal, you know, that we can, we can clearly say it doesn't need legal review. Somebody can just go in and fix this number or update this paragraph of text or add this image. We're going to define that as a as a much simpler process, and we're going to have roles attached to it and approvals attached to it that just facilitate us doing that really quickly. But then on the other side, we've got other types of things where we've got to build more structure into that process so that we protect ourselves a little bit more from making mistakes. We, we've chatted about this challenge, and it seems like Approval-heavy document workflows are one of the most, uh, I think, over-purchased features. In the first meetings before a project, you know, is really planned out, everyone always radically overestimates how much they're going to want. Right. And that, I think, gets to the question of how much of that approval workflow happens in the CMS and how much of it happens offline. Right. And what they may be saying 
when they're asking for, we want approvals in our content management system, what they're really asking for is, we want an editorial workflow. And we want someone to come in and sit with us and talk about what our process should be. And we want to have some checkpoints internally where it's like, hey, go to your client stakeholder and make sure that they sign off on what we're doing at this stage of the process so that things don't get derailed later because, you know, the executive seagull does a, a swoop and poop. <laughs> you know, but that's not a CMS problem. That's a that's a human problem. Right. And I, I think like one of the things that we've found useful is we tend to build um, systems that are heavier on notification and bubbling stuff up to people who want to know and want to be involved in a process rather than the document has reached this stage. Now it cannot progress until someone in this role checks this box and, you know, sends it on its way. Um, but I think that that is also um, an artifact of a lot of our clients are in, you know, are in media and news publishing where, you know, the ability to just put something live if it really needs to go live, you know, you, you can't compromise that or it ends up being a really, really big problem. There are so many scenarios where putting too much into the CMS, whatever it is, causes people to, to hate it or to look for workarounds or to do whatever they can to get out of the system. I think you can just think of lots of examples where it's like, oh yeah, we tried to force people to log into the system to do this thing and they won't do it. And so the alternative is almost worse. You know, the alternative now, now there's is one like, person with everyone's password. Right. You know, or, you know, now all of that stuff is being managed in a giant Excel file and somebody just deleted that file. <laughs> We have to understand that this is, we're playing the long game here. This is going to be an evolutionary process. And I, I tell clients all the time, I'm like, I'm not telling you you should work this way. I'm just telling you that my job is to poke at this and say, do you want to do it this way? Like, what are the benefits and drawbacks of having this step be more or less digital? Are you prepared to manage the downsides of whatever option you choose? Like, you can totally choose Word documents. It's just that there's some downsides to that. Let's talk about what the process is going to be for getting that content out of Word and into the CMS. Or let's talk about what the process is going to be when you decide to finally do the cutover into the CMS and what happens if somebody comes back and requests changes, you know, or sends you a new Word document later with changes in it. How are you going to reconcile those two documents and make sure that their edits get incorporated in the final version? Right. It, it's, it's not necessarily something that has to have a huge, you know, supporting structure built out of, you know, code in the CMS, but it at least has to be understood so that, you know, the, the development team and all the stakeholders can get a good clear picture of where the CMS has to step in and where it, where the actual benefits of the CMS handling something, you know, live in that workflow. Yeah. It's like, I love the example that you were talking about the other day where it's like, it was really clear in the old days, like what you did on a notepad and what you did on a typewriter and what you did in the printing press. Nobody was having to argue that reporters should be entering, you know, their typewritten text into the production system sooner than, than they needed to. Those were really clear cutover points. Like, yes, nothing's going into the press until it's approved and, and finalized. And yeah, things would, would obviously change past the deadline. But I've got some rough ideas kicking around. I'm going to just wander over to the linotype. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's like, it's not like there weren't ever things that had to get changed at the last minute, but it was a much 
clearer set of, of rules around what you were doing in which system. I mean, I might, I might be romanticizing how easy it was back in the old days, but <laughs> I'm sure I probably am. But, but nevertheless, like, we are debating these very fuzzy boundaries. Like, is the CMS the typewriter or is it the printing press? Is it, you know, managing, is it SAP for our entire content, you know, production process or is it just the thing that we use to spit the, the content out into the world? There, there's a lot of really deep assumptions that I think we don't necessarily think a lot about, especially in the, the heavily web focused, uh, CMS world. Um, you know, the, the, the open source web publishing systems that are out there, a lot of them have really inherited a lot of the philosophy that they have towards, you know, how you do this stuff from blogging systems. Um, that's not, it's not intended as a knock. It feels like one of the really deeply baked assumptions in that is that the the ideal workflow boils down to a person sits down, they log in to the site, and they write their unit of content, and they hit save, and then it goes live. That idea of sitting down and, and using the CMS as sort of the, the place where an in-progress set of notes slowly evolves into a full-fledged article and then it goes through the editing process and stuff like that. I, I think that's where like some of these services like Draftin and Editorially and stuff like that are starting to take off. Where they recognize that there's a different set of needs for documents at that very early stage. Yeah, I, I think the how these tools support and facilitate the creative process is this you know it's this whole other whole other problem i i do a lot of work with magazine publishers and there's this sense that the process for for putting together a lot of these titles it is so layout driven they are working so much with print layout tools and images and essentially constructing the flow of that experience and it's almost separate from the copy they might lay out that entire piece and then go to the, you know, figure out how long that copy is going to be and then tell the, the writer to write to fit. How you might try to push digital content further up in that mix, like how, okay, if that's their process, how could you get content into a digital format sooner? Or how do you, how do you build that into their workflow? I know I've I've pointed my finger and, and shook it at the magazine industry quite a bit for, you know, the digital editions that are just basically like a giant picture of the print magazine. And, you know, it's true and that's bad and they should not be doing that. But when you look at their workflow and say, okay, right, it's taking you a month to manage this entire process. At what point do you get XML out of that so that you could have real digital content overlaying those images in that in that magazine format it, it is kind of a head scratcher because you're like right where where is that digital content going to happen where is that xml going to come in no it, it it has been interesting too i've been uh talking with a couple of people from the uh Dita community and the the like the technical communication world where you store everything in xml and Content editors get like a, a copy of Adobe FrameMaker or some sort of dedicated XML-driven authoring tool, and they never see the the CMS per se. You know, they they never see the final system that it goes into. They just sort of have this 
document format that they know they can write. And while that's gone in very interesting directions and, and has solved certain kinds of problems, one of the things that is really interesting in that is that it at least embraces the idea that the authoring experience is just a completely different kind of problem than a lot of what's tackled when we start thinking about, you know, oh, well, we need to build the new version of this company's, you know, public-facing website. Decoupling those things, at least to some extent, allows the authoring experience to sort of evolve and and continue to grow on its own without necessarily having it be tied to the launch date for the new version of the site or the new design. Yeah, I think this... uh like everything old is new again and (laughs) (laughs) the idea of uh, decoupling authoring from publishing it's kind of come back around because especially with you know true multi-channel publishing you realize that oh these these are in a sense completely separate systems by asking one tool to handle everything about storage and authoring and the database and the workflow to handle all of the same tasks of getting the content out and you know publishing and displaying it on the web why not why not just separate those out we have to be careful because every time we actually use the words decoupling the cms uh dean barker actually gets five dollars <laughs> and he writes a blog post about it and then i have to drink exactly <laughs> i mean we, we've talked a little bit about some of the some of the project specific you know solutions we've kicked around and the things that we've discovered are there any kind of general pieces of advice you'd you'd give to somebody who's starting to try to crack this nut in their organization? Like, what what are some good questions to start kicking around? You know, when you're when you're at the formative stage of those, I I, I tell everyone it's like the, a really productive exercise is to sit down and try to map out your process and your workflow. What are the steps that you're taking? Who does what? When do decisions happen? You know, when do you get, when do you get various team members involved? When do you get the client involved? And it, that's not an easy task, I think, because, you know, I think as we were just saying earlier, it's like everybody kind of approaches that process with a different mental model of it. But if you can get out your sticky notes and in some sort of abstract aggregate sense, map out, okay, we think these things happen, you can start to identify where some of the pain points are. And for me, what I usually see is that it's a lot of pain points around uh, having a, a good sense of when the right kind of collaboration needs to happen. Like, when do you when do you need to make sure that these people have participated in the process or that these people have had a chance to review something and say yes or no to it or give their feedback on it or have been told, hey, it's your job to do this. I think for, you know, in a lot of ways, that stuff is still handled in a super ad hoc fashion. And that's where things tend to fall through the cracks or that's where things, that's where people tend to get frustrated in that, oh, I didn't find out about this until the last minute or, oh, why wasn't I ever consulted? Why wasn't I consulted about that? And I think for people who are um, CMS vendors or working in the CMS development space, I think when organizations are asking for approval workflow, that's what they're really asking for help with. And you guys might provide more value and, you know, provide an easier solution or, you know, or, a less development intensive solution if you spent some more time talking about, hey, 
how do we how are we going to know about what happens offline and what are you going to do to manage the offline process before it hits the CMS? Well, thank you very much for uh, joining us. I, I think the the stuff that you've talked about definitely meshes with uh, with what we've seen, and uh, it's it's always a pleasure to uh, have you on the show. Is there anything uh, coming up that uh, that anyone listening should uh, should hear about? I know you, you're you're a genuine official globetrotter at this point. <laughs> uh, anybody who is in the UK or um, you know, in Europe, perhaps I am giving my content strategy for mobile workshop at hybrid conference in Wales coming up in August. Um, if they use the code, uh, I think the code is content strategy, they can get 10% off and that's a hybrid conference. I'm sure that we will cross paths again. And, uh, until then, thank you very much and have a, have a fantastic and, uh, that's there, there's no way to conveniently work any kind of reference to content workflows into a sign-off. <laughs> and I hope that all of your content management processes will go smoothly. Thanks for listening to Insert Content Here. If you'd like to catch up on our archives or keep up on our new episodes, visit us at lullabot.com slash ideas slash podcasts slash insert content here. You can also visit us directly at insertcontenthere.com. content here.com.